0: Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Keen Minds. This is Season 5, Episode 19 of NBC's The Blacklist, Ian Garvey, The Conclusion, which is the first and so far only episode in which the Ian Garvey, or the, the double episode, the name and the conclusion of the name, were not run together. So this is a, an interesting episode.
1: I'm Jen, ah. a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And I gotta say that was an interesting way of doing. It. And I wish they would have done some of the other um, blacklisters like this. They would have just changed the names or something like that. Um, I think the the black the double uh, con- the double episodes work better when they're together in one sitting. They do a double. There's two episodes. Then it kind of works well. But the other ones, it feels like sometimes. Um, you know, like one of the of the ones in in uh, in uh, um, 408 should have been, a, a, you know, it should have been the coroner one and Dr. Adrian Shaw, the second
0: yeah. one. Well, I mean, the first Ian Garvey, it made no sense. We didn't even know the man's name in the mm-hmm. episode. Why were we calling that Ian Garvey? Should have been Pete McGee. Mm hmm. I agree. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there was a reason back there in the writing room they said, we want this. They probably have a reason behind it, but
1: I don't get it. Well, the the numbering of the blacklist is definitely coming into a theme, and the more I look into the theme, the more it's like, yeah, I am grudgingly recovering my belief in the writing team. Uh, We still are in a... um, You know, in a wait and see, we're not like, this is not like a happy reunion with a big wet kiss. It's just a little peck in the cheek, and we'll see if we just keep going. Well, I mean, I and I will say, because I have
0: been really hard on the writing team this season. I have no idea if any of the writers actually listened to this or not. I love you guys. I really do. And as I've said multiple times, I've been hard on them because I know there's a lot of talent. I I am still in the place that I feel like the ending has no hope. And so I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking at this through something in which I don't feel like I'm going to be satisfied with the ending. So that makes watching the current episodes a little difficult for me. But from a writing standpoint, I thought this episode was excellent. I I was very, I thought the line, I have in my notes, I have so many quotes and various things that were matching up for it. They had mythology. They had new questions brought up from mythology that makes sense. Not just feeling like, oh my gosh, are we dragging this on again? Like it made sense that they were leading into it. The lines were fantastic. The as angry as I got at Reddington over some lines, like the lines themselves, what they, what it felt like they were trying to portray. It was
1: well written. Exactly, it was well written. It was very well done, and, and, and I went. And back, I gotta say, well, I went back. It and was looked. not only well written; it they blew it out of the park with the acting.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean that that typically is the case. Um, but I went back and I looked uh, at the writing team for it, uh, the, the names that they provided for the writing team for it, and it was. Hold on just a second it was Carla Kettner, Carla, Kettner. Carla Kettner and Katie Box uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing any names there but Carla Kettner uh, when I went back and searched what else she'd written because it looks like Katie's this was her first episode she's she's been highlighted on But Carla wrote the travel agency and that it made so much more sense when I realized that because that had that little switch in there where it leads you down the path that you think you're looking at one thing and then all of a sudden, bam, you're looking at something else. And I was livid at red when he brought Anthony in there and it looked like he was setting him up to get shot for him. After he had gotten him shot just a few episodes before. After he shot him. Uh, yeah, he did shoot him. And I'm sitting there screaming at my television, just cursing it red. I was so mad, so angry at him. And then it turned around and I just sat back on the couch and went, well done. Okay. <laughs> well done. <laughs> it was It was very well executed, both from the writing standpoint and the acting standpoint. It was very well laid out.
1: Uh, I, I I gotta say this episode was was really outstanding, um, oh. and this was really outstanding. One of the of the most interesting things they did in here is that they had been going at this theme of the two sisters throughout the. I mean, they've been indications throughout the series. But in the in the in this season they have been coming at it more and more and more and more. And the travel agency was exactly what you had. Not only the twist, but you had the two sisters. You had the little the graves. You had the bunnies by the graves. It was just like it was a well-made workout to this episode. Um. So I I was very impressed. Yeah. Very very impressed in general. As was
0: I, and so kudos guys very very well done on this episode and it was one that I was I was looking forward to because obviously I am not Garvey's biggest fan not because the actor is the, the actor was fantastic for it but I mean he killed my favorite character I'm not going to like the man I've you know the the ongoing joke is that <laughs> I don't think there's been an episode of Keen Minds without either Tess or I jokingly referring to the fact that I went to stab Garvey in the face um and so I, I knew that there was a really good chance he was going to die in this episode, and I I was looking forward to seeing how that was going to pan out, and I, I thought it was really well done. It
1: <laughs> I actually... It, it is very, very... And a testimony to Johnny Coyne, who really really did something that i i did not think possible i actually started to root a little bit for the character you know even though I he killed it, it's like i started <laughs> I, I, I had to remember like wait a minute he was like stabbing tom repeatedly enjoying uh, for reason. it enjoying yeah. it and <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, when he was there with, with, uh, and I'll get into a lot of that when we get into Jennifer, but honestly, there was a little bit of Reddington there. And it was very intriguing how they've been doing like this, this kind of mirror to, to Red that they've done in other occasions, but this was like so out there.
0: Let's jump into Jennifer. I mean, we we've got the task force first up, but but let's jump into Jennifer because I have a note in there um, about that. It it really sparked something with me when he told her that, that what she's believed for the last 30 years was a lie. And yes. and so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it, and this was during my rewatch. I didn't have this this thought during the first run through, but during the second one, I'm going, what if Garvey and Because we we've seen it that, that it is can in fact that Garvey has affairs because the woman in the bed from the earlier episode was not that the woman in the photographs, right. <laughs> and so we know that he has had affair of some you know that he has casual affairs or not casual affairs. Who knows? What if he had an affair with Carla Reddington? What it, if that I mean, is what if that is how? And then when all of this went down, he made sure that he was in Jennifer's life. Because that is his child.
1: It's. I mean, it it occurred to me that that he was um, that he could have been he could be her father. There was something in the way that Fiona was playing Jennifer that she. There was something. When she stepped in front of Ian and started talking and at the end shot the, the two sisters standing there, I just, there was something like you could see Reddington starting to come out in the eyes. Like she was doing a little something in the acting oh. that was starting to bring a character that she didn't seem to have before. Fiona's fantastic. I, I love her
0: as Bart Curlish from Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. She I, I jokingly put on Tumblr, I said, give this woman a, a, a chainsaw and let her do her thing. Because Bart, in one of the last episode, last few episodes of, of Dirk Gently, got a hold of a chainsaw. She's a holi- quote-unquote holistic assassin, so she just kills a lot of people in the show. But, um, and she's crazy. I mean, she's fun, but she's crazy. Um, She had a chainsaw in some of the last episodes. That she would, you know. You kept calling her what was it? A a sack of wet clothes? I think is what you called her
1: last episode. A sack of wet clothes. Yeah, she was really not. (laughs) But it was it was so well done because, I mean, she she really played a enormous difference. In when she's you know with Garvey and with Liz and it seems like everything is dejected and as soon as she got to the part where it's that she realized Red is in there and then Red comes to the the, the bar and they have this thing and she steps in front of him and gives him that lying about the pink pajamas and the pink bedroom. I love and that. And Red takes the finger, he doesn't do much, he just takes the finger off the trigger. Oh, I didn't That's all notice he does. that. I That's did not notice that. There's something in the eyes that happened, like a little twitch, but very minimal. But he takes the finger off the off the uh, the trigger. And then Liz is there, and I think that in that moment, um, Jennifer, uh, you, I could see, I mean, she's She's, she's she's in front and she's looking at this confrontation. And I could see the actress totally portraying, you know what, I'm not really that messed up. I mean, honestly, maybe it was a good thing that he stepped out of my life, seeing what happened when he came into this. Um, so it was well played because... It was as if a big weight of being lifted off her, and she just came alive. But it's funny, because as she came alive, we started to see this a little darkness creeping in her eyes. Yep. Uh, so I, just, I, I think was it very, would, very
0: impressed. I think it would be an interesting parallel. Um, I'm not sold on the theory that potentially Garvey was her biological father or anything. Um, I'm, I'm really not sold on it, but I just think it would make an interesting parallel if Garvey basically— became what he was you know as a dirty cop as this to and that protect her. to protect her when
1: redding he, teekee he said there is place. there is an explanation for mm. all of that so yeah. i i do think that there is something in that prospect because we have seen this is one of several fathers Oh, father figures that we have seen. We have seen Berlin become a criminal in order to have the means to to avenge his daughter. We have seen Red do it. We have seen Marvin Gerard do it. We've seen many fathers that become what they are in order to care for their
0: kids. Which is funny because Tom actually went in the opposite direction. He actually eased out on how far he was willing to go. And we've talked about that on prior episodes. Mm-hmm. And now, to be fair, when his daughter was missing, he was willing to... But he
1: started anything. on the on the dark. Yeah, so but I just think that's interesting that he
0: went the other direction with it. His daughter actually helped humanize him, while these other people that are trying to fight for their daughters or their daughter figures are actually going deeper and deeper and deeper into the darkness. Yep. Just an interesting plot. Well,
1: One of the most interesting things that I've seen emerging in the Blacklist, and I'm becoming, you know, I'm going back to my themes a little more, you know, cautious as I was before. It's that that, um, I've noticed in the first few seasons of the Blacklist that we had a consistent theme of. Fathers. It was good fathers, bad fathers, uh, uh, really crappy fathers, and so so fathers, misguided fathers, but mostly were good fathers. And, you know, even though, although the things they were doing were very good as fathers, they were trying to do their best to avenge or protect or whatever. But there was a thing about mothers mothers tended to be bad, bad mommies. And if that's a quote from another show, <laughs> probably bad mothers. And the sad thing
0: is you sounded a little bit like the character when he said it. <laughs>
1: hey, everything. everything gets in in the in the mix, uh, um, as, as you go along and get older, more things get in the mix in the pot. So there, so my thing is, we're seeing a, a a theme of bad, bad mothers. and it's emerging again. For, for all that I can justify that Liz left Agnes, the truth of the matter is Liz was happy to fake her death and live her daughter in the most critical moments of her life, being a premature baby away from her mother. You know, away from everything that is mother, from mother's milk to mother's care. And again, the good fathers, the father stayed, the mother left for whatever and, reason. But she did get the same
0: thing. We've seen that with Liz since season one, when they were talking about adopting, Tom had a big issue with the fact Liz didn't want to take any time off for it. That was throughout season one while they were dealing with the adoption. She was the one that wanted to give uh, Agnes up for adoption before she was born that just tried to cut Tom out of it and said, no, we're doing this. We're giving the child up. And he's going, no, no, no. Uh, and then once she was born, she she was willing to fake her death, take time away. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. there are reasons for all of this. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but she did that. When they got her back after being kidnapped, then she was – She's like, "Yay, yeah, I've got my daughter back!" And then immediately goes to deal with the Kirk situation and is back at work and all of this while Tom's staying at the safe
1: house with. She's Agnes. willing to give to to give blood to Kirk when she thinks he's his father, even though he was about yeah. to jump off a roof with his, yeah. her daughter exactly uh, in order to get answers. So it, it's a theme that had that had been there, and we have had some good mothers but but not that many. Most of the show is actually by mothers. And I thought it was interesting because you you were faced with one thing with Jennifer, you know, that that we have to to, to be clear about it. Jennifer was under the impression that Reddington was a threat to her that she had to be protected from Reddington correct yet yeah, there is absolutely nothing that nobody has ever said that Reddington was a threat at any point to his family but the one thing that carla did is that she would she made a very good performance about being very scared of reddington with the us marshals so i'm thinking that fear came from her and that's at it. the first chance that Carla had to talk with, with Liz, she said he's using you. So there seems to be an insidious thing of a mother turning the children against the father. And, you know, whether you subscribe to my theory that Carla is Katerina or not, there is a bad, you know, a mother turning the child against the father. And that's a bad mother. Yeah. Bad mommy. <laughs> 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 oh
0: gosh no um it's a definite theme that's been running through and so and it was so and I, as much as I hate Garvey it was very fascinating to watch him and Jennifer have these moments with this episode I mean I, I love which, that was your huh? um,
1: which was your favorite huh which was your favorite in the bar or in, when they meet on the um, I think I think the in the bar.
0: In the bar was interesting. I mean, his immediate reaction of blaming her and coming at her like that was was a fascinating bit to watch. And then I just love that, say, uh, say that you were robbed. I am being robbed. <laughs> you know? It's her expression through the whole thing of just this, what's even happening here? This is not reality this is the thing that happens on television you know <laughs> this is not the reality that she lives in her her the man that basically raised her is is a good man in her eyes and then suddenly her world is being turned upside down I mean she's going through what Liz did to a degree except I think she may be a little bit lighter on the spectrum or at least you know, starting out than Liz was. I think Liz had a much greater, and we don't know Jennifer very well, so I'm saying that just as what we know. I mean, but they've gone out of their way to show us that, you know, when a patron at the bar was drunk and couldn't afford a cab home, she took it out of her own tips. I mean, so she's she's been portrayed as a decent human being.
1: But that, that, that remind me of that cop and also things that Liz would, would have done. Liz what? would have done that. Why do you say that? Because Liz, Liz shown a compassion towards people that was that was always interesting and, and landed her in a lot of of grief. I, I don't know if you remember when he spared the life of the when he gave up, gave up her weapon and wrestler, rider her out to Cooper, uh, and she said it was a life for someone. Uh, yeah. So that's the kind of thing that she she would have done. I mean, I don't think... We, we don't know, Jennifer, but I, I was starting to see very interesting things appearing in her eyes. There weren't much... I, I gotta say, I'm seriously impressed with Fiona. Um, it it's seriously impressed. I mean, there was... Um, I have I have a background in theater directing, so I can, I can truly appreciate an actor doing a phenomenal job, and she was doing a phenomenal job. And that Great. scene... When when Rhett realizes that this is a total disaster. This is Jennifer and Liz and everybody's going at each other and Garvey's there and now he realizes how Garvey it's is connected to all of this. This is this is a nightmare. And Liz turned the weapon at him at all this. It's that
0: was I, I have so much to say about that scene, um, but we'll, we'll wait till Liz. So I, I feel like Liz, like all of this is so intermixed. Like Liz, Red, Garvey, mm-hmm. and Jennifer, like but all of it is intermixed.
1: I have one more thing to say about that. It was not only that for the last thirty, everything you believe for the last thirty years is a lie. It doesn't necessarily translate it. It's, I like that the way they use a parallel phrase to what Red told Liz. I'm not sure that it quite refers to the same thing. I have a very strong feeling that Jennifer is who she is. Uh, she's Jennifer and she's uh, Red's daughter. But there is there is another part to that. For the last 30, 30 years you've been hiding for nothing. So what made God... Uh, she was hiding because there was a, a fear that Reddington would do something to his family, yet the bones give Garvey this idea that that was a lie. So what, who is in the bag that is making Garvey be, understand that what he was told was a lie? She didn't need to hide. Why was she told that? Why was she told that he was a threat? In other words, why was Carla saying he was a threat to her?
0: And it's also interesting because Garvey's been so fixated on, I need to know the whole truth, and now we know why. He was trying to find this truth out, presumably for Jennifer, to see if she was in the free or clear or not.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I don't, and, and we have to also remember that Carla disappeared in 2014. But the one other thing that is that is intriguing is that why did Jennifer either left of her own accord in, 20, in, in 2007 or Garvey put that idea in her head? What? Why was she willing to disappear from her mother's life? Is that she didn't trust her mother? Because I noticed that there is one notable omission in all this. It was, yeah, we were told this, but she has never said, my mother, what you did to my mother, Nothing. It was it was almost like the mother didn't exist again by mothers. So what is been going on? And I'm super intrigued because they said they mentioned the possibility that one of the characters is going to come back in the finale is Carla, it's almost which is be great Carla. because you know we've been a lot of people have been saying ah oh, that story is dead and I've been going like that's a minor character well, don't fixate I- in a minor character. I, yeah, I've had people on Twitter say that, you know,
0: Jennifer has nothing to do with the mythology and this. And, that. and I'm going, what? <laughs> she has everything to do with the mythology. <laughs> she's tied in. She's been tied in since the pilot episode when Liz looked at Red and said, the family you left on, you know, Christmas Eve. And I mean, mm-hmm. and then named in season two. And mm-hmm. I mean, she's been part of this mythology since the beginning. And so was Carla. I mean,. How deeply they go, probably deep, you know, I mean, but they were there when this all started. Ergo, they are part of this mythology.
1: hmm So it's all, it's all been very, very interesting. Um, let's, let's go into... Um, oh, by the way, I do want to mention one thing with Garvey before we go. Jennifer and Garvey. Garvey, in Garvey's home, they were picture of horses everywhere. Also two children.
0: Did you notice mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. had two and, and two grown children. So probably about Jennifer's age. Which he seemed mm-hmm. to be at least relatively close to because there's a picture of him and his son drinking together. Mhm. And so he he is at least relatively close to the family he has. It's not that he's estranged from them. Mm-mm.
1: You know. No, he he he's, he doesn't seem to be divorced or anything. J- Red offers him and the missus.
0: Yeah. And he wears a wedding ring.
1: Mhm. Even though he has encounters in motels with gorgeous yes. prostitutes or maybe they're not prostitutes, maybe there's a law Yeah, you know,
0: who knows? But I I Yeah, well probably a prostitute. Um, <laughs> but uh I mean it's I don't know. I, I will be interested to see I mean, I, I feel like to a degree that kind of stuff will not be broached again because that has to do with just uh it's hard to say um,
1: but the, the the horse comment was because we have been seeing a lot of chess and yes, I gotta say um, Jen put a little, uh, uh, Easter egg for me in her uh, new fiction so I appreciate that and give a shout out for it. We know there is a lot of of, of figures in in chess and we have seen a lot of names that we you know we have queen uh, Liz has been referred to as a queen several times. We have had horses, knights and we now we have a horse you know, in in Garvey's house, so I thought it was interesting that they actually had that there. It's a bizarre prop to have in the walls, and it goes into the into the chess um, themes. So that's all I got about about Jennifer. It great performance.
0: Yeah, I thought she did an excellent job. I I was very impressed with that last scene that she did there. Well. You know the scene in the bar—that uh, just that entire scene uh, was—I think it was in two parts. It was fantastic. Um, Liz, let's go into Liz and Reddington because there's so much in here that that wraps up, and I'm gonna ask for just a few moments to get something off my chest that I've already gotten off my chest in a way online, but. The problem was that Tumblr decided to flip out and eat my post as I was wrapping it up. It was, the writing I'm, was so tight and so nice. And then all of a sudden I get this tripped out, this Tumblr page does not exist. And I'm going, what? It was horrible. Usually
1: I, I put my post now in, in some other um That's because you're
0: intelligent. Apparently I am not.
1: Oh, it happened to me on so many ones. I remember once I had this one. The thing was like 2,000 words, and it was beautiful. It was perfect, and it disappeared.
0: Yep. See, I do a lot of, like, all of my my fan fiction writing. I don't do anything on on Tumblr for that. I, I copy and paste but you have to reformat everything. It puts a lot of extra work in there. So a lot of times I'll go ahead and if I'm just answering something, I'll put it straight into Tumblr. I haven't had this kind of problem in a long time on, on the computer. Mobile, yes. On the computer, not so much, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so I, and if anybody follows my Tumblr, you know, I had a severe issue with this and it's something that that really bothers me, and it's I, I have been commenting for a long time about the issue that I have with the way Red treats Liz. We've discussed it multiple times on this podcast. The fact that he treats her like a child. Now, there was a brief point in season four when he came up and was talking to Kaplan about how Liz had grown up to become the woman that she is. You know, had and gone through all of her schooling, and it still led her there. That. I think you and I stopped on the podcast and went, "Oh my gosh, yay, red! Mm-hmm. He's getting it!" And we thought he's moving forward. And then no, we're back to this the the statement that he made. I'm just I'm so angry at it. The and as angry as I am at him, I'm thrilled Liz threw it back in his face. It just I wanted to just hug her there. But the, the quote is, uh, You may feel entitled to know, uh, to know it because he died trying to find out what it was, but you're not. The f- uh, fact which I have patiently tried to get you to understand. Be hurt. Blame me. Howl at the moon for all I care. And that's really the part that gets me. It's this flippant disregard for the grief that this woman is going through after losing her husband. Sure, it's been a year, year and a half for him. She was unconscious for 10 months. This is still fresh. She is still grieving. She is still going through this. And honestly, at this point, I don't care if she has an entitlement to it or not. There's a whole nother realm in there. But what sort of father looks at their grieving child when there's a connection to the father's secret to her husband's death and just says, you know, hell at the moon for all I care. Basically, shut up, sit down and just take what I'm telling you, because you're not going to find out why Tom died. It doesn't matter. Your grief doesn't matter. I'm not going You know, and belittling her like that. This grown woman that has a family of her own did have a family of her own and to treat her like that as a woman. I was offended. <laughs> it was just so insulting and and I would like to preface this, or like to add this as a side note that it's not the writing that I'm upset with. It's Reddington. It was excellent writing to push what they were trying to get with him. But Reddington was so sickening in that moment and then to continue on through the through the scenes with his little childish behavior of hanging up on her because he just didn't want to talk about it and when he didn't even really think that she was trying to play him on something but he was just petty and absurd they are really working and there will be multiple people that are fans of the show that reddington cannot and will never be able to do any wrong but at least for me, I started this show a huge fan of Reds. I love deeply gray characters. I love when you don't always know where their loyalties lie, and you work through that through the show. Those are always my favorite characters. Reddington was one of my favorites at the beginning of this, and I can't stand him at this point. Sorry,
1: <laughs> i am- right, can, I, I'm gonna have to defend.
0: <laughs> Reddington I know. After Hang this. on just a second. Let me. Let me. Because I saw, I I don't remember the person's name because they've actually changed their Tumblr name. So I apologize if you listen to our podcast. You know who you are. Kudos to you. Uh, There was a very nice parallel set um, that came out either, I think it was the day after the episode, in which it paralleled the conversation in the apartment in which he was telling her to howl at the moon. And then Liz's statement, she said, you're right, I'm unwilling... uh, I'm unwilling to accept that I'm not entitled to know how my husband died. I am hurt. I do blame you. And pulling this trigger, something I desperately do not want to do, is me howling at the moon, which is definitely your problem and not mine. I loved that. It was such brilliant writing, tying that back in. And once again, totally negating on if she should have a right to know what it is or not. I have my own opinions of that. Totally negating that. Throw that out for a minute. Just a grieving woman that her father should have enough wherewithal and kindness in his soul to appreciate what she's going through and to act with a little bit of kindness. Those words are just... They're disgusting. And the fact that Liz is that hurt and all he's doing is driving her to work harder to find it. He is making an enemy of Elizabeth Keane right now. And that's not an enemy you want.
1: It's a, as I, as I wrote to, you know, when you posted that, you know, let, let's just step a step back in here and you have, there is one thing that I would say, absolutely. Parents have a right to have secrets. Um, you know, people are not entitled to all of us. Not even our, our relatives, not our friends, not, not, not our partners, our husbands, wives. They're not. They're, we have a right to have boundaries and secrets. We all have secrets. Small secrets, big secrets. We all have secrets. And that is, that is okay. That is that their boundaries that should be respected. That said, in every single case that Red Hat kept something secret— from Tom or Liz and is being forced to divulge it or not or somebody else have told them about then Liz's reactions and Tom's reaction make perfect sense I mean realize that he told her that the name of her mother because Denver sent her to that apartment uh, to find a picture He re- she found out that he murdered Sam because Tom gave her a picture. She realized who Red was to her because Cooper did a test. Everything that she had found about her past had been all when Red is pushed against the wall. Or is because she's going to give the child for adoption and Red is desperate for her not to do this. So he starts dishing things out about Katrina during her pregnancy which, or is, tell a total,
0: her, which hmm? is a total manipulation move by the way in which yes. he keeps her he keeps her basically subservient to him because she wants answers he has them he only gives enough to keep her there whether he says that he'll leave or not that doesn't matter he dangles those those questions and answers in front of her and then cuts her off as soon as she gets close to something it's yeah. a manipulation tactic and you know,
1: take it from me. I am, I'm an exceptionally, I'm not false I'm Exceptionally good at reading people. Exceptionally good, and th- with that come an enormous ability to manipulate people like puppets. I can do it without even thinking. But it, there is a responsibility not to do it. You have to have ethics, or you become a monster. And And he has been called such several times over the course of the show. And and yet I do think that there are reasons for Red to behave the way he does. But I think that some of those reasons are good reasons in the sense that he thinks he's protecting her or someone else. Some of the reasons are not.
0: I think that um, he thinks he's protecting her, but that doesn't necessarily mean he has a right to protect her in that way.
1: A grown woman. Some of it is protecting her or a third party. I don't know who it is. Well,
0: and then my question becomes: it- my question becomes, and I understand your third party. I, I totally get that, I, and that would make it make more sense. But the question becomes: when is where is that line? When is it too far? Is is it worth Tom's life? Okay, let's say that for Red, it was totally worth Tom's life. Not a big deal to him. He never really liked him anyway. Well, is it worth Agnes's life? Is it worth Liz's
1: life? Where is that line crossed? It I think it goes even beyond beyond this because um, there's somebody I'm going to pronounce that Sauten Froden Queen um, and she did a young young analysis of, of of Red. I asked for somebody to do one and she did it, it was terrific. And what she concluded was there is a lot of guilt in Red. Most of the things that he acts from is guilt. I and that. and I think that, that one of the things that, that is, is, is a dichotomy with Rhett is that I think that some things he thinks he's protecting. But when the moment that he told them that he didn't have a good reason why he couldn't be honest with Liz, you are now going into the territory of this is self-serving. I think it comes from guilt. I think it comes from fear she's afraid he's going to be pushed out. That's a reason. And we have confirmation from several sources because we have him telling Dom, you know, if I don't come back, find Liz and tell her who you are. So Demba tells her, why can't you tell her? He doesn't know why he Demba tells him he's lying and lying, not being dishonest or choosing words so that he doesn't lie. Um, He is lying to Tom and Liz. And so, where are these things going for him? It is it him justifying everything he does by protecting her, but at the end, he's protecting himself because he's he has a lot of fear and guilt. I agree with and, that. And and it would be very interesting what's going to happen with Red and Jennifer if she turned out to be Jennifer. It 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 certainly seems like she is so.
0: I loved the statement that Jennifer made to him, you know, uh, have you even thought of me? And that goes back, that was the, did you even think about me in my little pink pajamas in my little pink room? Basically asking him if he's given her a second thought, which is interesting because it's something the fandom has brought up multiple times that, you know, on his knees in season two, when they were about to blow his brains out, Liz's name came off of his lips, not Jennifer's, not both of them, and there have been multiple theories about why he apparent. You know, he does appear to favor Liz over Jennifer, and why that is. If it's because Liz is the one in danger, or if it's because he actually does love her more, we don't know. And there, there are so many. For me personally, there are. Too many open-ended questions on that to judge him specifically on that. I I have enough I can judge him on right now. It's fine. That's not a specific thing that I can (laughs) judge him on. And so it's very fascinating to me. And it was very interesting that they brought that around. So they are highlighting the fact that Red doesn't seem to care about Jennifer very much. She's never really, at least not that the audience can see on his mind.
1: I have, there, there are some things that I could see, and, and they are somewhat supported by the show. Among them is the fact that the Night of the Fire, I see it clearly. I have watched that. I have watched that almost frame by frame. I think that of all the things that I've analyzed in the show, the Night of the Fire, it's in, it's, if it's in there and the frame is not way too dark, I have seen it. I have analyzed it back and forth many times, and Liz saved his life. And I think that there is an element in red that feels that he's somewhat indebted to her for that. Um, I don't know about Jennifer. I don't know what kind of agreement he had with Carla regarding her. And should it be that my theory is right, then we have a big thing here. I mean, this is this is gonna come to a head and it's gonna get ugly. But suddenly, uh, there is, why did he utter first name Liz? Because we don't know that he wasn't going to say another name, but it was Liz what he said. I have a feeling it's because Liz, he took Liz's memories from her. And I think that there is a big guilt in there that he hasn't given her back her life, her memories, her past. Yeah, and I could see that. And the funny thing is that Liz was taking both from her mother and father, and she seemed to have turned up better than Jennifer that stayed with her mother. So something got to be said about Carla as a mom. <laughs> because, yeah, that woman, I mean, she seemed to come to life with, with Red. It's almost like that abandonment took her entire life. Something that,
0: and I'm probably coming at this from a biased biased way um i had a note in there i really liked a a line from liz that uh she and she and jennifer when they had when she had Garvey, you know with his hands on the Mm -hmm. on the bar and everything jennifer says he didn't kill mosadek she goes i know i don't care and it was it was so great the way she said it megan was fantastic in her delivery on it and then i just jennifer's horror at that and listen if I can't get him for the murders he did commit, I'll get him for the ones he didn't. And, like, I, I tend to try to be a pretty straight shooter in general in my life. But if I were in her situation and I watched a man murder the love of my life, I would go that route. Like
1: if I, I will knew, go that way without even getting there. Is yeah, it, you know somebody's a murderer, and you're gonna get them for the murders they did commit. Get them for the ones they didn't. I mean, and yes. that has, Did you remember the the comic, the first comic? That's what it was about.
0: Well, and Cooper, Cooper as well. You had the situation with the uh, the terrorists that he and um and Tommy uh uh Tom, Tom Connolly had the yes. terrorist beaten. Uh, the, yeah. the, whether he was a terrorist or not, nobody really knows for sure, but they were convinced he was and they beat a confession out of him because, you know, they knew
1: he, he was... Knew, he knew. knew he was a terrorist any, and any Liz other confession. Knows,
0: Liz knows because she saw Garvey kill Tom and she yeah. knows that he killed uh, Singleton as well. Yeah. And so, and, but and I, yeah. I loved seeing that, but and what I was going to say is I'm coming from probably from a little bit of a biased scenario here, but Jennifer is just incapable of stepping outside. She's so convinced that she knows Ian, even though all the stuff is happening, coming crashing down around them, and she's questioning so much. When push comes shove, I think she still thought he was a good person because she was sitting there and and just absolutely horror struck in that Liz was willing to pin a murder on him that he didn't commit, which was
1: Mossadegh. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that that is a theme that has been explored a lot. The Mm -hmm. comics had it, um, it, that uh, that seemed um, to come to be recurrent a lot. And you remember the commercials, Tom King commercials? Yes, I love this. Remember the says, and nobody was what they seem to be. the good people, maybe bad people and the bad people may be good people. And then, in this one, you get this this criminal who may not be a bad person, and then you have the u s. Marshal who was a criminal, and you know people who are very fluid about it. And that the shape shifter has been a concept introduced since season One.
0: I mean, look at and all the doubles is, we've had, all the doppelgangers we've had over the course of of both shows, both Blacklist yeah. and Redemption, which yeah. we've had doppelgangers showing up. I mean, and I this think duality. that what
1: we're gonna find is the woman that was supposed to be uh, Carla's double, and now that has that has a, um, Ian Garvey saying, "Well, <laughs> if that was Carla." Who did I had in in witness protection for thirty for I don't know uh, 26 years, twenty six years 24 years, um, exactly who and, and exactly who are you because you're not who you think I was you're not who I think you were. Well,
0: that would that's be what interesting.
1: So so you're posing. Let me let me see if
0: I've got this straight because that, that is fascinating. This may be the one way you get me onto this <laughs> this theory. <laughs> are you posing that? nearly 30 years ago, that Carla was killed and that Katerina took her place.
1: No, I'm suggesting that Carla was always Katerina. Mm. But she had a body double because she had to be into places at once. She was—she had all the—people tend to forget that when Red told her her name— he said one of her many names. That wasn't her main identity. It was one of the identities. That's the one that he chose to divulge. But we still have no idea what Carla's real name is, but what Katerina's real name is. So I'm posing that she was always Red's wife. She targeted Red. That's why she." uses those weird words like turns your world upside down or seduces here or turns, you know, put the charm on you. So you think that you're the center of the universe. Those are very weird words for a woman describing her husband. Generally, those will be used by a spy who's being targeted by another spy or somebody who's being targeted by a spy. Yet she uses them. So my my thing is, Carla was always Katerina and she had a, a doppelganger, to play her so that she could be in two places at once. And I suspect that Sam was a doppelganger for another one of her targets, so that they could be other people. And they had doubles and they would be there. And that's a woman who got killed. That would explain what Red wants her hidden because if she appears to be the Carla, then who is this Carla? Is the real woman who is Carla? Carla was a cover, but it's not the Carla that we saw was a cover. The cover was um, murdered. Mm. So it's, it's a, it, it, but doesn't that sound like Red, the things Red would do? It's the
0: possible, yeah. Um, but that would require me to get on, on board on the Carla's Katarina because,
1: because think about, no, Jennifer had to be Carla, uh, um, Carla's mother, Jennifer, had to be Carla's daughter because she says, "You know, I'm not going to tell you what my daughter is." And she suddenly, unless she was just taking care of this kid and completely messed her up just way to mess <laughs> mess Red right into nap because she couldn't have her daughter, so I'm going to have this one. <laughs> you never know. And I'm going to mess it up real bad mm-hmm. by telling her you're a threat. Well, you know, but, power but, manipulation. But certainly I think that, that there is a possibility, and I have two candidates for that. Is the third father or, but I think the third father, why would they retrieve it? But um, Carla double, definitely, yes, that Carla was a cover wife. Only the cover is not the woman we met. The woman we met is Katerina. And the, the cover, the Carla that the world knew was, is in the back. And that's what got Garvey thinking wait a minute, who have I been protecting for this last few years of my life? For what becoming a criminal to protect them, to get money, to protect this poor kid from the father, only to turn out that I have no idea who the kid is because I have no idea who the mother is.
0: We'll see. I'm, you know, I'm kind of getting curious i was about done with the bones. I'm, I'm still pretty much done with the bones. They've stretched this one out way too long. But hey, they stretched out "Who's Daddy" for four seasons, so this is not my shock. But phase. there was
1: other things happen with "Who's My Daddy." Meanwhile, this had been the bones, and if the bones, had kept at least the same. But obviously, the bones were so tired of being the bones, they even got changing. <laughs> I said <laughs> they got they, clean out, They got the, sawed off, and they were back together. Ugh.
0: It's funny because... No, no, the thing is, like, any casual viewers that I know of The Blacklist no longer watch it. And the overarching response of why was, I got tired of the daddy question. Like, that ran so many people off from this show. They just got so tired of it. And I, I think, I mean, the fandom has complained about it for ages. I...
1: They, they I was out. fine with that, honestly, because to me, that had been answered many times. So I wasn't really um, concerned with with the question, because to me, it's like she, he has to be the father. Squawks like a dog, walks like a dog, smells like a dog, sounds like a dog. It's probably a dog.
0: OK, speaking of smelling, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. a great segue into red. <laughs> I was the, the mint. Sniffing In. Garvey's head. I was so uncomfortable with that scene. And the only <laughs> thing <laughs> the room are just going, what the actual crap is happening on our television? James, stop sniffing
1: him. I thought it was hilarious because he has done it before, like completely inappropriate and weird stuff out of the blue. Well,
0: the only thing he managed was to tell Garvey that he was not wearing a seatbelt and to crash the car. (laughs) I was just like, you got what you deserved, Red. (laughs) You idiot. (laughs) I was just reaching up and sniffing his head. (laughs) I'm dying of curiosity. Oh, wouldn't that be a good thing (laughs) or something like that?
1: Or if only, if great. only. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great scene. I love. But remember, we have had weird smelling scenes, and that connects with Garvey smelling the the doll. Remember Garvey smelling the doll in when in five hundred eight, the a doll that seemed very similar to the one in the firehouse, and Garvey took it up and sniffed the hair. No,
0: I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I never rewatched five hundred eight in full. Um, I, I still to this day have not rewatched that in full. I've gone but through you can it for...
1: rewatch up until that point. Huh? No, I, I've
0: Is gone through great? I've gone through clips that I need for various things, uh, either for writing or for gifts or what have you, but I won't ever rewatch that episode in full from start to finish. Well
1: I For no those of you it. who didn't, Garvey when he gets to the house where Tom and Red are now uh, uh, hiding in the attic and Denby's trying to restart the car. Um, he takes a doll that is very similar to the one that was in the in the Night of the Fire uh, that we see burning and he takes it and he smells the hair and then puts it upside down. Then the camera does this very weird thing in which they turn the, the doll upside down.
0: I didn't remember that at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. I mean... Um, but anyway, as we segue into red... Um, <laughs> And we've talked a little bit about him because I had so many issues.
1: Uh, Before but- we segue into Ray, can I say how seriously impressed I am with the with acting? Megan Boone really, yeah. really did a fantastic job in this episode. She was very that good. last scene when. The two, you know, she's saying it's a little late for that. Before it was, it was Jenny saying it's a little late for that. And then at the end, they just looked at each other, and I could see that there was a little something of "I really got to know you a little better."
0: <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I'll be very interested to see where that that relationship goes. Um. So something that I saw as a running theme through this episode, and it's been a running theme theme with Red, was this. And you and I have talked about it. That he tries to give off, and he does very well. In fact, a lot of the audience finds themselves just assuming he really is omnipotent.
1: Um, but yeah, he's a minor god. Yeah, Omni- the, the omniscient, gets, omnip- omniscient, uh, perfect. Yeah, and he knows everything. And,
0: uh, and that is that is the vibe he tries to give off, and it's it's very easy to fall into. I mean, I've done it multiple times. Um, but that's, it was very interesting. There were a couple of, uh, a couple of things. And it goes back into what I've said again and again and what we've talked about. That that he expects people to just do what he says. And, and Mosaddegh says that. He said he lives in a world where people do what he tells them to. But mm-hmm. um, in my in my poor scrapped, uh, scrapped um, post that I was trying to do that Tumblr ate, and I couldn't work the analogy back into the rewrite because I just couldn't find the place for it. I was so happy with it, though. I said the the way that he speaks, it, it reminds me of, oh, no, I did work it back in. Um, it reminds me of a parent, you know, talking to a, a child, you know, a toddler that's wailing because they can't have a toy. And, you know, and basically, you know, berating them and so so put out with them and just so frustrated and done with them because they're throwing a fit over something that just doesn't matter. That's how Red seems to, and it, it feeds into this godlike syndrome, you know, of he's just above the fray. You know, your little problems with your husband being dead, not my problem, not my issue. Stop complaining to me about this. Stop making this, you know. And... I thought it was really interesting with Moses as the Gospels say, "Render unto Caesar's the things that are Caesar's, and unto Reddington what are what are Reddington's." And <laughs> it just it feeds into that God complex that Red already mm-hmm. has. That so many and and he's made comments. I, he said to Bressler one time, he said, "You know that that he respects people that go to uh, to AA, but it requires he couldn't believe
1: in a power above himself." Yeah,
0: he he would have to believe in a power above himself, which he can't. And, I mean, he's made statements like that again and again and again. And it was very interesting to hear someone else voice it. And also very interesting to hear someone actually straight up say, "This is he expects people to do what he says. He's not it's a, looking. It's
1: a weak—he it, also expects people to do what people expect. I think the problem with Red is that what what has kept him alive is that careful cultivation— of that myth. And it has served him well to stay alive, and he probably served him very well when he became the KGB biggest enemy. He Legat. was in counterintelligence. He was perfect at making people believe. But among what Red is above all else, he's an illusionist. Legat. Ren is... Um, yes, he's Legat. a magician. He makes things... He he makes you believe you're seeing something, and meanwhile something else is going on. He manipulates what you believe, what people believe, and he does that by reading people. Yet, what has served him so well is probably exactly the nature of the problem with with Katerina. I bet Katerina was exactly the same very skilled at reading people very skilled at creating illusions still to this day i hear people talking about the diary like it contains truth a master spy talking about how worried she is about the child and and the and the husband The daughter is not going to inherit that because she's not his daughter and she has to know it because she faked a DNA. What would you fake a DNA unless you know that it's not the father? I mean, and people are still believing that that glamorous woman. And I'm sure that when we see the other faces of Katerina, which eventually we're going to explore them, they're going to be very different. I bet she put a completely different persona. It's exactly why we got Tom Keene doing all those instant switches from one character to another. Remember in, um, in the highs he was Eugene Pablenko, then he was the waiter. He flips on a switch, and it's a different voice, a different cadence, a, a different um, physicality, a different way of, of stepping. I'm sure that Katerina was a master illusionist as well, in a different way, but the same. Agreed, and I think that red suffers from huh? I said I agree red suffer, yeah red suffers from not being able to have grown with a child so he kind of get used to you see a child and you see him growing up and you see him being adolescent and eventually they come to be one time where the kid just screams at you I'm not a child so stop or you know it happens sometimes with with males that that the, the, the you know the father is going to like give him a, a swag in the Kid just takes up swagger, the father, and send him flying around, across the room. And that's when you realize sometimes you need that in order to understand. Like, whoa, okay, you grown up. And I think that Red did it in a way with that little Masha, and he has done little steps, and he has gone way back in this thing. He has. He's so concerned with a bag of bone, and look at all the things that he has said. None of it has any consistency. The he has said that that's not going to give her closure or or um, or happiness. Uh, then he has said it only concerns him. Then he has said uh, it, it's none of your business. And it was none of Tom's business. Yet when Tom got in, he said, no, you have to know. So there is there is all these things. And at the end, he doesn't want those bones for a deeply personal reason. And I'm going to bet that he has nothing to do with Liv, or at least not in that sense.
0: I do think it's something that Liz—I mean, Tom obviously believed that Liz needed to know, and that's why he was so desperate. Mm -hmm. Because I I think to a degree that's why he went behind her back with it, was to find out if it was something—I think he always intended to tell her. He just wanted the answers before he brought them to her. Mm -hmm. You know, either, so, Kate Kaplan gave me this, and it turned out to be nothing, so you're good. Or Ka- Kaplan gave me this and here, let me dump this cha- bag of chaos, you know, add mm-hmm. it to the rest of it onto the door and let's figure out what we're doing with it. You mm-hmm. know, he, he was always been that character that, you know, I, he, I think he was trying to make sure he had all the answers because there have all, there have been so many twists and turns throughout their, their life mm-hmm. together that uh, since she had just found out that Reddington was the father you know, for sure, found out. Then yeah, she wasn't was in that, like,
1: happy honeymoon yeah. kind of thing. And, and it
0: wasn't, it wasn't going to She was She was going to go to Reddington in that mood, and Red was going to shut it down, and they were never going to find anything out.
1: I, I think that also, you have to get in, in Tom's shoes. Tom really... When did he find out who he was? When he was about to kill his mother. Otherwise, he would not have never found out. I mean nothing red has not told any of them anything voluntarily yeah and he knew
0: for ages that scotty was tom's mom well I mean, we, we don't suit. know
1: from where but but he, he didn't know at that point and there he was and he had it and he has let the i think with the problem with red and letting Liz know is that red had passed many excellent points Dembe has been telling her, telling him, tell her, tell her. Dembe sent Liz to that apartment. Been tell, telling her about Tom. Tell her about everything. Telling, and then he burned the letter, and he said, "The mo, the I wanted to to know, but I now I don't because he let it pass too long. It gets to the point where you, what would have been." You know, it, 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 it's it's one of those conversations that that don't get easy with time. Let's say that you have had, you're dating somebody, and it turns out that you're not really divorced, you're in the process of, but you haven't been divorced, and you think that, you know, I'm not going to bring this on the first date, because it will be kind of weird, it will imply that we're going somewhere, and then you go into the second date, and the third date, and, and you're having such a great time that you don't really want to spoil the moment. And then you keep going And by the time that you're living together It's not exactly the time to bring it up So you kind of try to close it With a nobody knowing And now what seemed a personal Probably would have been nothing Said at the proper time It's now a big secret That has a capability of ending the relationship And I think that that secret Is exactly that I don't think it's a serious thing Because Tom Faze when he found out Was like are you kidding me This is it this is it. This is why we've gone through all this. This is why I got stabbed and 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 punched and all this has been lost for a shot. Fist. Yeah, yeah. He got
0: shot in the yeah. shoulder. Everyone always forgets that because he got stabbed so many yeah. times.
1: Forget that he took a bullet to the shoulder earlier in the episode. Well, it was a, it was a very similar injury that Katharina had. So I would never forget it because to me, it's a very. It was in exactly the same place. So to me, it was one more thing that we we're leading towards a night of a fire. Um, you know, it probably take us three years to get there, but
0: I don't think they have three <laughs> years on air. Um.
1: I, I honestly think they they shouldn't. They should wrap things because there is a you you telling a story. You know that you this season had been dragging. Oh, so bad. On. I, they yeah, it's, have, they're gonna have two seasons of, of this. This could have been done by halfway scene. By yes. episode eleven, they could have they could have just rubbed this thing up. Yeah. And, I don't, and they picked so many episodes.
0: It's probably a money thing. Like I get that to a degree, but you know, as a viewer, I, as a writer and as a viewer both, I'm just sitting here going, stop killing your story to get more episodes.
1: It it has a a story has a beginning and it has an end. And once you go past a certain time, it's inevitable that you need to conclude (laughs) because you're dragging.
0: What did you just say about, you know, when something is said at a certain time, it's cool. But then when you drag it out too long, blacklist, this is what you've done.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just, it, it, and I think that, that Red has that kind of embarrassment. And I honestly think it's about Liz having a three fathers and going from home to home and being, being cool with it. Because I bet that he and Katerina were having a really exciting time. They were actually married, I think. And they were pretending to be lovers, and they were covering up all that spine and double spine, and and all this. I think that Oleander was all kind of a fake, a, a false flag operation that he was supposed to, you know, take the identity of a spy that was only known by a code name, and you know, they they got all this, and they were having a great time, having exciting encounters in the car with your husband instead of in your marital bed. You know, one more of a thousand more. But instead it was in a car being said, saying that you have an affair with your husband, except that nobody knows. It must have been really exciting. And I think that Liz got dragged in because Liz was not Jennifer. She had potential and Katerina took her with her. and was telling her, it was teaching her how to be a spy, how to be undercover. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason why Tom disappeared, because he also showed that he had good talent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've explored that before, that, uh, that you know, that it was tied back, that his disappearance was tied back to St. Regis. And that, uh, that Bud oh, knew I, exactly who he was when he picked him up at 14.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that that was the case, but I think that definitely uh, Scotty... Uh, might have been like Katerina. There's oh, some, I, I something
0: think S- was, Scotty was not on the up and up. She was definitely a spy of some sort. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you cannot convince me
1: otherwise. <laughs> and I know that, that I've gone off my, my, my trust in the writers about the, the props. But one prop remains that I cannot explain. In Scotty's world, there is a picture of a dark-haired woman with a girl blowing bubbles. I'm sorry, somebody's going to have to explain that to me. You can't expect me to respect the show if you don't Good luck. tell me the
0: Yeah, you're not going to get that one. Um, so I bet I, I will. I, maybe. I hope so. I, I hope so. I I want to be proven wrong.
1: Please prove me wrong in all the best ways. All uh, I want is that if I'm right, at the end of the series, just name a character after me, please.
0: Uh so, um, there was an interesting thing under under my notes for Reddington, and this is probably my last big point unless you lead into something else. Um, it, it's something I actually caught on the first watch through. I have no idea what game they were playing, the card game. It's called Colorado Trail or
1: something of the okay, sort. Okay,
0: cuz it reminded me of Oregon Trail from the computer yeah, game. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, I didn't know there was a card game for it. Like there yeah. was a, when I was a kid there was a computer game. You played it on like DOS, I think. Mm-hmm. And you went on. I mean, that's what it sounded like. But anyway, Dembe is going through all of the all of the situations. And he says, uh, and then everyone in your party has died. And that stuck out to me so much. And I'm sitting and it goes back to what I said earlier. Where's the line? You know, wh- when is the price that you're paying too high for your secrets that you're keeping? Is Tom's life too high? Is Liz's hi- life too high? Is Agnes's life too high? When everybody is dead and Red is the last person standing and he's alone. Dimbey's life, you know, uh, all the people that he has around him that he cares about. And if he's the last man standing and he is alone and facing this, but he's kept his secret. What's the point?
1: In season two, in season, um, in season three, in season four, I'm sorry, when Stratos Arantos is killed, and Dembe and and Red are back in the plane. And he said, maybe we shouldn't have gone there, Raymond. You keep putting yourself in more and more danger every day, every year, every day. And people are dying all around you. Yeah. That, and then uh, Red said, I don't know how to respond to that. Dembe, Red is know. in very shock because Stratos... Uh, he know that he's tried to kill himself, but there is that that that's that phrase for me stuck out because he felt that that's how it's gonna end. It's gonna be you know that Red will have to make a decision and change. And remember that this is the man who's standing by him is trying to save his soul. And Dembe is is always a voice of reason, and he's keep telling him you have to tell her you have to tell her and, and red is just he doesn't have a good reason not to tell her it is a secret this i don't buy for one minute that he's keeping that secret for any other reason That he because of 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 shame or or fear because um it, the reason keep changing is his business is it has nothing to do with liz but it does have to do with liz What can he tell her it's so I think that the bones, the bones is something that it's not anybody that has any emotional connection to it. Is a is something that um, Kate knew, and I think the the main my main problem with Red and not is this is not about the writing. This is about the character. Is that Rand has and I don't know if you remember um, the the. Uh, promo pictures which one? of season four. Oh, yeah, four. with,
0: with the, the shattering side it's not, of his it,
1: face. No, it wasn't shattering. Or it was like peeling. a mask, and then yeah. it was peeling parts, right? And you would see the man underneath, and he'd look exactly like red, but you could tell that it was a mask, and now you're seeing the real person mm-hmm. behind, even if it didn't look that different from the mask. And in this season, we've had like Liz seen like, through facets of a of a mirror, so each each facet has a different uh, angle of her. So you're seeing all the sides of Liz Liz's And But one of the things that, that was interesting about season four, and I think that a lot of the people who idolize Red as a god, and I, I'm a fan of Red, big fan of Red, my favorite character in the show. I share way too many traits, probably more than I would care to uh, acknowledge in most days. Um, some of them I'm proud of it Some of them I'm not proud of And it's that What we have been seeing Is Red weaknesses And among Red weaknesses is that This whole happened Because of him This is on Red 150% Because Red had A secret that was Precious to him And he buried that precious secret With the knowledge of three people, Dembe, himself, and Kate. And the moment that he knew Kate was an enemy, even if he thought Kate was not capable of unearthing that particular one, he should have gone there. He should have got that thing dug out. And even without Dembe, in a car without GPS, so nobody would know. He should have gone to a forest. America is covered in them, and buried the damn thing where nobody would have ever found it.
0: I agree. And, he and but he he has made a comment since then, says so that he prefers to keep his secrets buried or something like that. Because when he said I went, "How's that working out for you, buddy?" You know. <laughs> it's but I mean yeah, he is. Yeah, he should have. Shoulda, coulda,
1: woulda. Yeah, but but that is that is entirely on him. He was the one with the secret. He was the one who knew, the second he knew who his enemy was, he should have made sure that everything that Kate could hurt him with, starting by that skeleton, was out of her reach. And then the second thing, and I keep saying that in about every second or third um, podcast, is we are now seeing the weaknesses that Red has. And among them, 508 gave us a ginormous clue and nobody talks about it. I'm I'm still impressed. Like every three episodes, I keep going at this thing. He led Berlin to Liz because of anger. So this is what we're starting to see. We're starting to see the the points where Red makes mistakes and it's always the same kind of mistakes. Because of emotional involvement,
0: but uh, which is interesting because we've talked about the fact that some of Tom's biggest mistakes over the years, like actual, you know, not not like well, Tom, that was that was incorrect on a uh, on a moral compass sort of situation, but more like a mistake as an operative in the field. Mm-hmm. He's always been emotionally compromised. Mm-hmm. Like when, and, he, and that is, when he walked Liz in season one, he was trying to save Liz at the end of season one in the finale, walked her in with Red there and then ended up getting himself gut shot three times. Well, made, because
1: he wasn't willing to hurt Liz or Red. That's why he shot him in the arm. Yeah.
0: And, and that kind I'm of saying I mean, he, 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 com- he was always compromised emotionally. When, when he was compromised emotionally, it hit his abilities. He made mistakes.
1: Yep, and same thing with red. Yep, yeah, just another and, parallel. And, and and that that exact same thing is that that's one clue they gave us about red character. And now what we have to do is we have to apply that mistake and understand where it comes from and understand what where what is red, what secrets are red holding, and the secrets that red hold is that emotionally he gets upset, and the upset he had with Tom was. He told him not to get involved, and he did. And he can't have that. How, and the funny thing is he's saying that, you know, you, you fall in love. That's no excuse. You know, unless my theory is right, this is coming from a man who fell in love with a enemy of his country and had a child with her. So that's pretty rich. Coming from that.
0: so well, Red is always berating other people for the same mistakes that he makes.
1: That's nothing new. He's, he has said that, that God complex that because he's so good at manipulating people. Now, I just want to draw attention to one thing. Uh, Red has actually said that there is one person he can't understand, he can't read, and he has no idea where the, her emotions are. He has said that to two people. He has said it to He has hallucination of Katerina Rostova. Nothing about you is obvious, and he has said it about Carla. And when Liz asks where is uh, where is where is your your ex-wife, he says I don't know. i have never been good at reading the woman's emotions. So there is two people that this master reader of people cannot read. Red has a. By the type. way, two women.
0: <laughs> Red yeah, has a type. Women he doesn't get. <laughs>
1: Women he doesn't get, women with a temper, or unless it's just one. Mm. Because uh, value loyalty above all else, while well, I'm having a mistress and a child, within two years of my actual wife having a child. Um, also doesn't exactly value loyalty above all else. There mm-hmm. there have been other,
0: yeah. Anyway, I, I've beat on red enough for tonight.
1: Um <laughs> Well, I didn't. I defended him yeah, from yeah, to my, my, my little... Uh, so I think that, that we have to start looking at those things that Red does and those flaws that he has and apply them because we're going to start seeing patterns emerging. And I think it's, it's fascinating because I was able to predict season what the season three and four was going to be when I saw the, the promo pictures. And it's fascinating because the only promo picture we saw this year was Liz. So this is this is a year in which we're going to be revealing more of Liz than anything else. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have anything else to add? No. I'm just excited to see what uh, the, uh, that reunion between Red and Jennifer is wow. going to bring because Red is in hot water now.
0: And he got shot last episode, mm-hmm. by the way. Like, I haven't seen him. I mean, to be fair, I, I'm not like... I, I'm more... I'm back... More deep deeply into the fandom than I was before, but I still like the chatter is is quieter because I tend towards the keen squared side, and we're all still in mourning. Um, but Red got shot. I think he just got clipped, but still, Man got shot. I hope they don't just like. It, it, I think
1: it was a bit more than clip because it actually turned him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, um, I mean, clip him is like when when uh, yeah, yeah you clip right. him or when he clip um. There was just like, ouch, but not an actual turning of the body from the impact of the bullet. Also, you have to, I wanted to say one more thing about the mistakes Red made. Um, For example, there was not just one time that he shot somebody in the face and didn't kill them, and he came back to bite him in the ass. He did it with Anselo Garrick, and then he did it with Kate. So you start seeing a pattern here of things that he does And he thinks that he doesn't fail Well, he did twice. And both times, it cost him. Yep. All right. Well, I think that about
0: wraps us up. And so you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And you can talk to us because we do love hearing from you uh, over on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. And with that, until next week. All right. Bye-bye.